You see, what I want to talk to you about is getting put into the game of Christianity. That skit that you just saw was about people who were playing a sport. It looked like football to me. People were getting tackled and hurt. And it came to a time that everybody was scared to get in because too many people were getting hurt. But there was a young man that kept standing up saying, put me in the game, coach. And when he had a chance to play, it looks like he scored a touchdown. You see, I want to talk to you today about coming to Christianity with the same intensity that people come to play sports with. I want you, by the end of this sermon, to be able to say to God, your head coach, God, put me in the game. Put me in the game of Christianity. Because there are times when you'll watch people try Christianity, but they'll get hurt. Does that mean we quit when we watch Christians get hurt as they're trying to do Christianity? No. You don't see on the football field somebody gets hurt and they all just say, well, let's go home. Michael Jordan saw a lot of people get hurt in basketball, but he didn't say, I'm just going to quit. How many people have started sports and quit? Does that mean there's no more baseball players? My friends, don't let anybody get you out of the game of Christianity. I don't care if everybody stops coming to youth group. If nobody thinks it's cool in your school to live for God but rather be a fool, you don't quit. You have a tenacity on the inside of you that says, I want to live for God, and God put me in the game. Coach, put me in the game. Don't just sit there and let life pass you by. Don't let the gangs be more radical for the gangs than you are for Jesus. Don't let those messy girls gossip and cause more problems than you do good preaching the gospel. You have got to get to a point where you can say, Coach, put me in the game. On the count of three, shout it out. One, two, three. Coach, put me in the game. Look at James as we read from the Bible that even though it was written two thousand years ago is so real to our lives today somebody say make it plain now on the back of your announcements or notes i want you to follow along with me take good notes so you can take this home with you do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself do what it says look at your neighbor and say do it you've got to do what the word of god says don't just listen to it don't just come to church and go, oh, that was cool. And then like your mom or brother asks you, well, what was it about? I don't know, but I had fun. No, it's not about just hearing the thing. It's about doing the thing. Somebody say, do what it says. The Bible says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Somebody say, that's dumb. I can tell you, son, I am not the sharpest tool in the shed, okay? I'm not always the smartest dude around, but I have never forgot what I look like. But the Bible says there's people that can literally read the word of God, walk away and be like, oh, I know I'm not supposed to cuss, but boop, and just break it on up. Somebody can say, oh, I know I'm not supposed to go to a club, but then all of a sudden, and they start backing it up, and then there's, oh, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to. The Bible says when people, oh, well, I'll just give you one more example. Oh, I know I'm not supposed to fight, but what did you say? Joke up. People want to fight, people want to dance, people want to just get all funky and just do their thing, and then they want to act like they don't know the Bible. 
The Bible says if you hear the word of God, but you don't do the word of God, you dumber than somebody forgets what they look like. Man, that's pretty dumb, isn't it? You ever met somebody that dumb? I haven't met somebody that dumb. Man, dude, what do I look like? Do I have brown hair or yellow hair or blonde hair? What color are my eyes? Come on. The Bible says if you hear the word of God, but you don't do what it says, man, you like somebody who looks in the mirror and forgets what they look like. Verse 25, but the man, somebody say, but the man, somebody say, but the woman, but the man or the woman who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. Somebody say, do it. Come on, y'all lame. Say, do it. Say, let's do it. Rock to it. Just, 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 just do it. Say, let's do it. Now, now, rock, rock, rock to it. Say, let's do it. Let's rock, rock, rock to it. Say, let's do it. Okay, y'all get to see the person, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Y'all want to be blessed? Then listen to what God says and then do it. Don't just listen. I know you listen to your parents, but don't do it. I know you listen to your teachers. You're supposed to be reading a book a month during the summer. Come on. Huckleberry Finn, you're supposed to be reading Moby Dick and all that stuff. Y'all forgot about that, got caught up in the finale of the hills. Listen to me. Listen to me. Some of y'all been watching the Cubs, forgot to practice your multiplication chart, trying to get out of your beginner, you know, math, trying to get out of that eighth grade course, and you and you a sophomore in high school. Come on, somebody listen to me. But, but you, you may not be listening to your mom. You may not be listening to your teacher. But there is one person you better listen to because if you don't, this is the penalty, hell. And if you start listening to God, you will listen to your parents. You will listen to your teachers. Why? Because you're doing what God said. God said, honor your father and your mother. God said, do everything unto God. And that includes going to school and getting good grades. Somebody say, preach it. So verse 22, do not merely what? It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Now I want you to look at number one, explain the difference between doers and hearers. I want you to look at my man right here. This is a typical high school student right now who wants to play ball. You try to take this ball from this dude, it's going to be on. You try to tell this dude he can't play for the team, it is on. You try to tell him that there's somebody else better than him? Oh, dude, he's going to play all night. Just like American Idol. You try to tell one of those people they can't sing? Like, oh, say, can you see? By the, and, and they still think they can sing. Because you can't tell some people no. You see, this dude wants it. Think about the people in your school who want something. And they go out and, and, and they practice their band instruments so they can play in the band. They want something in sports. They're practicing right now. Summer's going by. People eating burritos. People eating pizzas. These dudes running in sweatsuits because they want to lose weight. They're pumping every day at the gym twice a week. I remember when I played high school football, we had to do two-a-days, baby. That means we had to come in the morning and practice for about three hours, take a lunch break, and practice for another three hours. And you wouldn't even guarantee the spot on the team. You see the difference between doers and hearers is that doers want something so bad they'll do something about it. You see, hearers 
Oh, yeah, I want to play for the team, but they don't do nothing about it. Oh, yeah, I want to get good grades, but they don't do anything about it. Oh, yeah, I want to go to college, but they don't do anything about it. The difference between doers and hearers is hearers just hear and sit on their, their fanny, their holy backside. But doers get up and do something about it. What do you want to be in life? You just want to be a hearer? You just want to hear what other people are doing? There's people right now listening to Metro Praise. Oh, they're getting a new building. Oh, Metro Praise is blowing up. Oh, look at Pastor Joe. He's making babies. God's blessing it. Oh, look, look, look what's going on in so-and-so's life. They're in college now. See, there's people hearing about what's going on in Metro Praise right now. And look at your neighbor and say, don't hate, but celebrate. Y'all got to sing and say, don't hate, but celebrate. You see, there's people right now hearing what God is doing here, and they may want to hate, but they should celebrate because you know why? We're working hard for this. When you get into that new building, you're going to see something that was put together already before you got there. Why? Because while most of y'all were picking your nose, having Mountain Dew parties, passing gas, and playing your video games all night long, there were people in there working and twerking for the Lord. Somebody say it's tight, but it's right. Now I want to ask you a question right now. Coming to God and being spiritual. Answer these right now under number three. Answer the questions on the screen, either yes or no. And number two is why should a Christian be a doer? Because it's worth it. Because it's worth it. You don't want to just let life pass you by. And answer these questions when it comes to God. Number one, do you have a love for the game? Do you have a love for the game? What was that sport that they would just put out that little logo, I love this game? What one was that? I really forgot. I don't know. I'll just call it basketball. But I remember there was an ad that always just kept going out there. I think it was on TBS. I love this game. It's old school. It's okay. Now, I'm talking about this right here. I'm not talking about America's top model. I'm not talking about America's top chef. I'm not talking about getting a scholarship. All that stuff you better do. I'm talking. Somebody say right chair. Do you love this game? The game of Christianity. And I don't mean it's a game like it's something silly like Parcheesi or Checkers. I'm not talking about that type of a game. I'm talking about something where there's competition. Because you've got to fight against the devil. There's something that you've got to work towards, discipline yourself, like as if you were in a fight. And as a matter of fact, the Bible uses language like that. talks about you being an athlete and training yourself to win a race. The Bible talks about you being in a fight like a boxer, having to knock out the devil. Somebody say, do it. Number one, do you love the game? Yes or no? Don't play with me. Don't try to be religious. Be who you are. Put yes or no. Do you love this game? Number two, have you been practicing? See, while while you saw that baller right there, he's practicing just these moves. Just get it between the legs. Get it between the back. Get that spin move. Get that jump shot. Get that hook shot. Get that dunk. Come on. There's people right now practicing to be something great in life. Greatness does not happen by accident. You do not wake up and be a Michael Jordan. You do not wake up and be somebody great in life. you got to work at it. Number two, yes or no. Are you practicing? Are you reading your Bible? Are you going to church faithfully, not just when your friends want to come? Are you studying this, praying? Are you putting in some work in this thing? Number three, are you tired of sitting on the bench? They say the first time Michael Jordan tried out for basketball in high school, he got cut from the team. 
You see, you've got to get to a point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You've got to get to a point where you're saying, man, I cannot sit here anymore and let life pass me by. You have got to get to a point where you're tired of watching your friends go the way of gangs, girls getting pregnant. You're tired of it. You've got to say, man, I'm tired of sitting on the bench. I want to get up and do something. Are you tired of just letting life pass you by? This ain't a church for old people. This ain't a church for your grandma and grandpa. This is a church for young people who want to be radical. They can come, but we're going to have them sweat, baby. Are you listening to me? We're going to have grandma with her cane handing out flyers because it's like that. It's real. Look at your friend and say, it's real. Look at your other friend and say, it's nitty gritty. Are you tired of sitting on the bench? I got to a point in my life, some of y'all haven't heard my story. I got saved at the age of 18 after being a high school dropout, arrested eight times. I was tore up from the floor up, needed a checkup from the neck up. Are you listening to me? I was busted and disgusted. And I had my mama praying for me. She prayed that God would get a hold of my life. And when I finally got saved at the kitchen table, then went down to the living room couch, got sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, ah, speaking and other things tongues I said man I can't sit on the bench anymore I gotta go tell my friends I told people I'd sold drugs to Jesus is real I was just in Fort Wayne two days ago and people said dude weren't you that man that stood up in the square in the town center hall and you started preaching I did we have these little festivals it's called the three river festival I stood on top of a park bench preached to all my friends I hadn't seen that dude for 15 years but he remembered one thing I sure enough got off the bench and did something for God God. Last thing he knew about me wasn't smoking Joe and blowing weed. He knew that I was ready to die for this thing. I was a soldier in the army of the Lord. I said, I'm a soldier in the army. And when I die, you got to let me die in the army of the Lord. I said, when I die, you got to let me die in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier. Man, I'm telling you something. I'm a JC soldier. Somebody should have told you, baby. What about you? Are you tired of sitting on the bench, coming to church the same old, same old? I'm around. Man, I don't even. Don't you know why we're getting a new building? I'm sick of looking at this small thing. I got to have a place that we can expand in. Are you listening to me? This youth group, you should be sick of empty chairs looking around going, man, why we got so many empty chairs? Let's get up and do something and win this world for Jesus Christ. You got to get up off the bench. Number four, are you ready to do something great for God? Oh, yeah, David killed Goliath as a young man, 14 years old. Knocked a Man knocked a Goliath right square in his head. And then you know what they don't tell you in Sunday school? Read your Bible, people. This thing is more crazier than the 300. I'm telling you. After he knocked him out with that stone, David, a young man, took dude's own sword, took his own sword, and then cut off his head. And then lifted his head up, everything hanging out, blood everywhere, lifted it up and said, this is what my God's about. Bring it on. 
And the Bible says the Philistines, because there was a whole army of them, started to run the other way. I'm tired of the devil scaring children with horror movies and gangs. Y'all afraid to walk on the corner, afraid to go to the west side. I'm looking for some crazy radicals that are going to slay some demons, stand up in their high school lunchroom and say, I don't know about y'all, but I serve Jesus Christ. The devil's been kicked out this place. I think it's about time we show the devil's folk that we love them so much we're going to do drive-bys on them. Like they be loading up guns. You're going to drive by your school waving your Bible on your bicycle. Hey, Jesus loves you. John 3.16. We need some drive-by Bible preachers. Do something great for God. I was sitting in that back room the week before Easter service called Palm Sunday. I didn't have anything planned as a pastor for our own church on Easter. I just said, man, we're going to talk about Jesus. But I was sitting back there, and the Lord put in my heart. He said, you know what, Joe? You're going to have the greatest Easter service of your life. I said, God, what are you talking about? He said, this is what I want you to do. He gave me a real simple plan. He said, put on a flyer the greatest Easter service of your life. So I put this on a flyer. And then he said, I want all your people who got testimonies to write on a cardboard, little box type cardboard thing, who they were and who they now are in me. So people came Easter. We had a cardboard drug dealer while music was playing. We didn't talk, just said drug dealer. Then we flipped it around, pastor. Then another person, depressed, cutter, flipped it around. Holy, happy, married. Are you all listening to me? And there was an old lady sitting in the back. And she gave her heart to Jesus Christ. You want to know who, whose grandma that was? That was Cynthia's grandma, Danelli's grandma, who just passed away yesterday. Listen to me. Because some drug dealer, God saved, been serving God for 15 years, knew how to hear from God, got up off the bench and did something. God did something great through my life. Now there's a woman in heaven dancing in front of Jesus because she had the greatest Easter service of her life. Woo! I ain't talking about playing around. Do you want to do something great? Do you want to do something great? Now you want to know the cool part about that? It was a youth who invited Cynthia from Prosser. So then Cynthia started coming to church. And then she brought her mama, Cynthia Sr. And then Cynthia Sr. brought her mama. See, it was because of a young person just like you who reached out that now today a grandma's in heaven. Give yourselves a hand clap because we're going to do great things. And lastly, look at number five. Don't be giving up on me. Are you willing to never give up? But keep on fighting. Keep on fighting till you win. You know, some of y'all don't remember World War II, but Winston Churchill was the prime minister of England. And when Germany took over Europe, they were bombing England. People had to get down in bomb shelters. Even my wife saw this. They had gas masks for babies. That's how crazy it was. People living in England. But this man, Winston Churchill, he didn't give up. He kept fighting. He kept fighting. Then the American Allied Forces, y'all got to know your history. The American Forces spent two years planning what we call D-Day to land on the shores of Normandy, 100,000 strong, to drop in on planes, the 101st Airborne, ooh, rah, and to get down there and kick some German butt. And I want to tell you, son, when America came, it was already after two years of being bombed. Could you imagine... 
your country being bombed for two years. But when the Allied forces came, we destroyed the German army. We brought victory. Winston Churchill was asked to give a speech. How did you do it? How did you hold your country together while you were being bombed? While you were losing all these tens and tens of thousands of people? How did you do it? He stood up in front of the whole place and he said this, Never, never, no, never give up. And he sat down. One of the greatest speeches of all time. He said, never, no, never, never give up. You may be having the devil bomb your family. You may be wondering why everything is going wrong. You know why all hell is breaking loose? It's because you're bringing heaven to where you are. The devil's not just going to stand there and take it. Once we start being radical, we got a fight on our hands. But i got a question. Are you willing to fight and not give up until you win? That was a weak amen. I said, are you willing to fight until you win? I want you to answer these questions now. Number four, how can you begin to step up and be a leader? We need leaders in this world. And I'm not just talking about I want to be a leader and help in the lunchroom. I'm talking about leaders for God. Leaders in virginity. Leaders in turning the other cheek. Leaders in givers. Tithes and offerings. Our church raised $8,000 to go to India because people want to give. And most of them were young, just like you. Are you willing to be a leader? Look at this scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Look in your Bible, people. Come on. Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to do something about the situation you're in right now. It wasn't always normal for y'all to pass through metal detectors to go to school. The biggest problem in the 50s was chewing gum. The biggest problem was just verbal disrespect. Now we got schools with people having homicide in your school. I remember seeing that 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 beating on the south side. I don't know if y'all remember that. This African-American dude had a two-by-four busted over his head right in front of his school. That wasn't always that way. The devil has come in and filled people's heart with evil. You think I'm playing? I've done jail ministry. I've talked to them. Some of you have friends that might be serving time right now. Cousin Flacco, you know what I'm talking about. Listen right here. I've gone in and talked to him. I said, how could you do something like that? You know, they all say the same thing, Davi. They say, man, I was just smoking weed, and then something came over me. Something got me so angry on the inside, and I just did it, and it didn't even feel like me. That's why people be claiming insanity. They say it didn't even feel like me. How many of y'all lost your temper, kicked your hole in the door, kicked your dog, and at the end you said, man, it didn't even feel like me, man. Something came over me. There's evil in this world, friends. And you got to be willing to step up and fight against it. We need leaders. Somebody say leaders. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Here is a trustworthy saying. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer or a leader, he desires a noble task. I want to call out Elevate today. And I want to ask you, do you all want to be leaders? Leaders read their Bible, pray, go to church, have a heart for the lost, respect their parents, have a good reputation, and they're submissive. This is what leaders do not do. Leaders do not have sex before marriage, get in trouble at school, disobey their parents, drink, smoke, or do drugs, belong to gangs, curse, watch porn, or do the movies, or break the Ten Commandments. Who you want to be, man? Come on, who you want to be? Somebody shout out, I want to be a leader. Y'all, y'all ain't convinced me yet. I said, somebody shout out, I want to be a leader. 
201, you ain't exempt from this. Shout it out and convince me. Say it, one, two, three. See, y'all got to want this thing. Y'all think I'm playing with you. I'm having a good time, but I'm not playing with you. When you walk out in this world, you're not going to say, I don't want to be a leader, and they're going to follow you. They're going to think you're lame. You might as well just go be like everybody else. You might as well just go be like J-Lo, Brittany, whatever crazy whacked out person in entertainment you look up to right now. You might as well just go be like, what's that dude's name? That little, that little crazy white guy? Justin Briber? Berber? What's his name, that little crazy dude? Beaver? Justin Bieber, y'all, come on, y'all think, y'all think that's cool? I'm telling you, so it's time to be a leader. Justin Bieber needs to be a leader. If he walks up in this place, I'm going to tell him that he needs to repent and come to Jesus. You've got to ask yourself that question. What are you going to do? You're just going to hear what your preacher's saying today, or are you going to live in? This is some things you can do right now. You can join the disciple class. During the summer, we meet at 5 o'clock at the church. You can join a ministry. We do points of light every Saturday. You can get out and help somebody less fortunate than yourself. You can come early and stay late and say, Pastor, leaders, what can we do to help out? You can start a school club. When your school comes, I want you to be so bout it, bout it, that the gangs wonder what happened because you got them all joining your club instead of them joining the gangs. Become a small group leader right now. You need to start saying, man, I don't even care what I got to do. I'm getting up off the bench, coach. I'm going to start a small group. I don't care if you're the youngest one here, 12 years old. You can be so radical right now. Say, man, I'm going to be the first one to start this new small group on Saturday. Put it in your heart. Ain't nobody going to tell you to stop dreaming. You can be a giver. You can start right now. I don't care what your tithe is, 10 cents or a million dollars. You can start right now saying, man, I'm going to give. I'm going to help build this church. I'm going to help change this world. And be a part of the evangelism team. Go out and tell people, J-E-S-U-S is the best. Oh, yes. You can go tell everybody about J-E-S-U-S, that he is the best. Somebody say, oh, yes. You see, you got to make a decision. 2 p.m. is summer internship. What y'all doing? Getting up from your Mountain Dew party? Come on, I need you to come out, take off your slippers, put a little deodorant on, and get to summer internship. Every single one of you could come to summer internship and be radical for Jesus. Y'all know if I said we're going to go to the mall at 2 o'clock, we're going to go to the mall. If I said, guess what, everybody? We're going to go to Great America. I could say be here at 5 in the morning. Y'all would spend the night just to go to Great America. But can you be radical for God and come at 2 o'clock every Friday and say, man, my whole Friday belongs to Jesus because I just can't sit here and not do nothing. i got to get up and do something, you heard? Y'all getting quiet on this preacher. It's time that leaders raise up. The second thing that you got to know, Galatians 6, 9, turn there with me quickly. Going over our notes, explain the difference between doers and hearers. Hearers just listen, but doers do something. Why should Christians be doers? Because it's worth it. This is Jesus we're talking about here. Answer the questions on the screen, yes or no. You should have been honest with who you really is. And how can you begin to step up as a leader? Come to internship. Go to your small group every week because it's worth it. And now number five, list things you can do. So that you will never give up. Look at Galatians 6, 9. This is your boy Paul talking right here. Somebody say, I'm listening. Y'all quiet. Somebody say, I'm listening. 
Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. How many of y'all have ever done something worth anything in life, and it took some energy? Y'all know what I'm talking about, trying to beat that video game. I'm going to beat that video game, Mom. Come on, leave me alone. Leave me. Your eyes all bugged out. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to beat that video game. Come on. Have you ever done that for God? You ever say, you know what, I'm not going to bed until I read my Bible. Come on, girls, you know you wanted that purse. Come on, I want the purse. I want the purse. And your dad's like, you ain't going to get no purse. And you're like, Dad, I want the purse. I need the purse. You didn't give up. I want the purse. I want the purse. Get her the purse. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all didn't give up until you got something. That you wanted bad enough. Do you want this thing for Jesus so bad that you're not going to give up? It doesn't matter what dude comes and says, let's go out on a Friday night. You're saying, look here, Joker, my date's at Elevate. And the one you're going to talk to is my pastor. So you come right here. I don't care what sport. I don't care if Michael Jordan comes out of retirement, plays with Tiger Woods and, and Magic, and they all have a game with Walter Payton raised from the dead. You say, ice cool, put it on DVR. I'm going to church. Because you don't give up. Because you want to live for God. I want you to think about this. If you sin, you repent. Hey, have I made mistakes along the way? Yes, I have. But if you sin, you repent. You don't give up. I've seen too many young people start messing around. They get so guilty. They feel so bad. They sin. And then what do they do? Oh, I'm going to give up. I just got a dude on the phone right now, about 25 years old. He gave up because of sin. Went to doing drugs, making non-Christian rap music, all this stuff. Just called me up and said, man, I wish I never would have done that. Y'all can never give up. If you sin, repent. If you offend, seek forgiveness. If you feel somebody here got something against you, go to them and say, man, just forgive me. Just forgive me, baby. Let's just squash it right now. If you offend, if you're weak, pray for strength. Do you ever feel weak? Come on, I feel weak. You ever get up in the morning, you don't feel like doing something right? You just feel like doing something wrong? You just feeling in a bad mood? You know what you need to do? Pray for strength. If you're lonely, seek God. Don't go seeking Justin Bieber wannabes. Don't be seeking them wannabes. Justin Bieber's, go talk to God. He's so much cooler than that lame dude. If you lack wisdom, ask God for guidance. I don't know what to do, Pastor. I don't know what to do. I know my life's going so crazy, Pastor. Have you prayed? No, I haven't prayed. I've just been texting all day long. I've been on Facebook asking everybody what I should do with myself, and they're telling me stupid stuff, Pastor. I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Pray. Pray. God hears us when we pray. God, I don't know what to do. Then you listen and he'll speak to you. If everyone leaves you, go find the lost. That means if you lose all your friends here, go out and find ten new ones and teach them about Jesus. I lost all my friends because they didn't want to come with me. They were doing drugs. They were going going to hell. Yeah, dude, for sure. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go make some new friends. I got a whole church full of new friends. Amen. If everybody leaves, you go find the lost and start your own church. If you feel like quitting, look to the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, did he quit? 
Didn't he say to the Father, not my will, but your will be done? You know, that was Jesus' way of doing. He was saying, Father, these people down here are sinners. These people down here have messed up their lives. They're jacked up, especially that boy in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Look at that dude snowing cocaine, stealing stuff. And you know what he said to the Father? He said, Father, put me in the game. Jesus said, put me in the game, not your will. But my will be done. I'll go to the cross. And on the cross, when people were spitting at him, hurling insults at him, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't give up. That's why we're saved, because we have a Savior who did not give up on you and me. And if you're unprepared, get trained. I want everybody to look at this balloon man right here. And I want you to hear this story. Everybody say balloon man. Y'all heard about this one in the news recently about that one dude setting his kid got up in a balloon, all that crazy stuff. This is not what I'm talking about. This is an actual picture. This is reality. This is not like make-believe right here. There was a dude that was in Kansas or some Midwestern town, had nothing but cornfields around him. He had lost his wife. He didn't have any more family. And he was sitting around putting a tear in his beer, just drinking beer. I ain't got nothing to do. Just sitting on the porch chewing tobacco. And one day he saw a kid come by his little country road with a helium balloon. True story. I'll send a link to you. Don't believe it. True story. Some kid came by with a helium balloon. And he saw the kid accidentally let go of it. And the helium balloon just went up in the air. And he was sitting on his lawn chair. And he goes, I wonder how many of them it would take to lift me up and put me up in the air. I'm dead serious. The dude then went out and started buying balloons, helium balloons, tying them to his lawn chair. He first started off with those little kid balloons, you know, but it wouldn't lift his body. So he went out and found these balloons that, you know, those car dealerships would get and blow up so you could see miles and miles and miles away. So finally, he started getting pretty close, man. He was getting a couple hundred of these balloons strapped to his lawn chair. And then one day, he put one of those last balloons on there and then up, 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 and away he went. That is the picture. I'm telling you, he went up not just 500 feet. Not just 1,000 feet, not just 2,000 feet. He went up almost 10,000 feet up in the air. People had to come by and to start uh, stopping air traffic control because he would have interfered with helicopters and planes. And as he got up that high, he started freaking out. And he never thought it would get that high, so he had to think of a plan. So he just started taking some air out of the balloons that he could grab. And eventually, he came down to the ground. Well, this had been after hours of being 10,000 feet up in the air. Newspaper reporters, the television, people came all around him. And they asked him, dude, why did you do it? How did you do it? What were you thinking? And you know what he said? You know what this dude said? He said, I just got tired of sitting there. I want to ask you something. Are you just tired of sitting here? Are you willing to do something that you've never done to get what you've never had? Yeah, people are going to think you're crazy. But God will use your life. He said, 
I just couldn't sit here anymore. Adam, or excuse me, Lauren, just come to the keyboard. I want everybody to close their eyes and bow their head right now. Thank you for listening to my first message back in the saddle. I want you to hear what I'm saying to you, though. Just don't hear the words of an excited man. I want you to open your heart right now as you close your eyes. Open your heart right now. And I want to ask you a question. Are you tired of just sitting there? Letting life pass you by? Maybe you've seen Christians in the church. They've messed up. They've gotten hurt in the game. And you're sitting there on the bench. You're scared to be radical for God because you think you might mess up like everybody else. I want to tell you something. You just can't sit there no more. You've got to stand up and do something. Some of y'all may be visitors to the church or you just started coming a few weeks ago and you're sitting going, man, I don't know about this Christianity stuff. Man, this stuff is deep, man. These guys are for real, man, raising their hands, speaking in them weird languages, man, singing songs to nobody that's there. This is weird, but, but I feel something when they do. You might be one of those visitors saying, man, I'm starting to feel this. And I think I'm starting to understand, man, what they're talking about, man. Because when they say, raise your hands, I, I did it and I felt Jesus. And I felt something. I want to tell you something. Are you just going to sit there? Or are you going to do something about it? Every head bowed and eyes closed. There was a woman in the Bible. She was called the woman with the issue of blood. She had a menstrual cycle that wouldn't stop. She kept bleeding and bleeding, and it was embarrassing. And the Bible says she was unclean. She couldn't even show herself in public. But one day she heard that Jesus, the healer, was coming by her village. And she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. The Bible says she went out and she found a crowd of thousands of people all around Jesus. She could barely make him out in the crowd. But she began to push and make her way through the crowd. And people began to recognize her and say, Hey, ain't that that woman that's always bleeding, man? She's nasty. She kept pushing through the crowd. She said, I just got to touch Jesus. I don't care what people think about me. I just got to touch Jesus. I've done everything I can. I've gone to every doctor I can, and nothing's worked. If I only touch Jesus, I'll be healed. And the Bible says that when she got close to Jesus, she tripped and fell on her face. And all she could do was reach out her hand. And she just brushed, just barely touched the bottom part of his robe. They called it the hem of his garment. She just brushed her hand against it. And at that moment, she felt she was healed. But she was embarrassed because she fell and people were looking at her. So she just started to get away from the crowd. But Jesus stopped and he looked around and he said, who touched me? He said, I felt power leave my body. I know something just happened. 
And his disciples looked around him and thought he was crazy and said, Jesus, you're in a crowd of thousands of people. Everybody's touching you. He said, no, 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 no. This person touched me with faith. I know this touch. It changed their life. Who touched me? And this woman came weeping, fell back on her knees and said, it was me, Lord. I've been sick all these years, and when I touched you, it stopped. I know I'm healed. He said, woman, you are now made whole. Stand up, and you're never, never going to be the same again. This is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to test young people's courage, because I know y'all crazy. Sometimes y'all ain't crazy for the right things. You put on your favorite songs, you dance in the mirror, you'll, you'll just make a fool out yourself with your girlfriends or guys because you're just so young, you're happy, and then and, and sometimes you'll just be crazy. You'll try different things, paint your toenails purple, and your, you know, guys, you'll, you'll t- you know, go work out for five hours, y'all so intense, and, and this generation just does nothing in neutral. Everything this generation does is intense skydiving, you know, extreme sports. I'm going to test your courage tonight. With every head bowed and eyes closed, this is how we're going to pray tonight. Those who want to play for God are going to stand up to their feet and shout out at the top of their lungs, put me in the game, coach, and then tell God what you want to do for him. In just a few moments, I'm going to say it's your turn. And I'm telling you, man, y'all need to get crazy for God in this place. Don't interrupt each other. If you hear somebody, let them finish. If you start with somebody else, start you to sit down. Let them do their thing. But I'm telling you in a few moments, I'm going to turn y'all loose in this place. Because the coach, God wants to know, does anybody want to be on his team? Does anybody want to be radical for him? Does anybody, anybody want to stand up? for His kingdom and do something for Him. I don't care what you do for God, just do it for Him. You might start off saying, man, I'm going to read my Bible and pray, coach. Put me in the game. You might say, I'm going to pray for my family every day until they get saved and my mom gets off drugs. I'm going to, God, I'm going to come to church every time the doors are open until I learn to love myself and stop cutting myself. I don't care where you're at in life today. You need to stand up and keep it real. And I'm going to start it off for you guys today. After I go, everybody, one at a time, who wants God? to use their life for something great, you stand up and let him know.